Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Detroit responds to their loss in an appropriate fashion, taking care of business against Chicago. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Um, and on today's episode, guys, Scotty and I are going to obviously break down a dominant five to one victory by the Detroit Red Wings over the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, fantastic bounce back, appropriate response. We'll get into all that. Uh, here appropriate. In one. And uh, it was I mean, an what, appropriate response. It wasn't. It was appropriate. Like that's it was appropriate. What, we talked about it. That's what you have to come out and do against the Chicago Blackhawks team. In so appropriate great, fashion. In appropriate fashion. Uh, as we come back. You get now. You got me thrown off. And then uh, we'll obviously talk about individual performances because there's a lot of individual performances in this game to be had. So that's segment one and two. Segment three, we will cover uh, the preview of the Montreal Canadiens game that'll take place at seven on Saturday. So Scotty, to lead things off uh, again, appropriate response to the loss against the New York Rangers against the Chicago Blackhawks. What'd you make of this game, buddy? I was a very appropriate hockey game. I uh, I think um, <laughs> as opposed <laughs> to inappropriate. Funny, right? It's a funny word choice. It's it's accurate though. Um, I, I think that uh, this is it's so nice. We were talking about a little bit off air before we hit record here, but like it's it's so nice to just have games like be at a point. Even you know we're we're obviously we're not world beaters. No one's thinking. You know, like Lord Stanley is is coming to the Motor City this year necessarily, oh, but like not. it's uh, calm down. But like it's uh, it's it's one of those things where it's it's just it's so nice to be at a point where there are games you can look at on the schedule and go, okay, this is a win, and then have it actually happen and like be comfortable, right? Like that's so that that feeling ha- has escaped us over the years, right? Like that was. That that's you you reach a certain point in your in your team build right and, and you, as you continue to, to to get better and better and hopefully rise out of the rebuild and you stop becoming like the the worst team in the NHL and then you stop becoming the team that all the better teams beat up on and you're kind of just like fighting with other teams that are at the bottom and then you hit a certain point as you continue moving forward where you are just like objectively much better than some teams and you just take care of business. And that's just a feeling that I've missed like genuinely and not even like just with the Red Wings, really with all four of these teams. Like I've just very, very, very much missed. And obviously like the, the Pistons are going through what they're going through right now. Like they're the but, team that teams take care of business. Right. Against, like right we now. should not take for granted just like being the better team, having a low stress hockey game, like a low stress victory. And it wasn't without its, you know, its its chippiness. But like as far like they were in command, even when it was one one, like you were like, okay, that was kind of a weird goal. Like we've been clearly the better team this entire game, and at no point did it ever feel like the Blackhawks ever had even a remote chance in this one. Yeah, and I'm being, I think that is a a sentiment that I echo. 
you know, that this was a game where at no point was I actually worried the Red Wings were going to lose this game or blow this out. And like, like you said, it's a nice feeling to have. I mean, even in previous years, obviously you go back a, a few too many years and the Red Wings are that team, right? Yeah. They're the team that uh, uh, opposing teams come in and they're like, this is our get right game. This is our, you know, easy two points. There's no easy two points in the NHL. In fact, credit where credit's due. I thought Chicago, for what it's worth, played very good in this hockey game. I mean, yeah, this I is a like roster. credit for anything ever, but like, I don't disagree with you. Well, I'm like, organizationally, we can think what we want to think, but this <clears> is a team full of young kids that is yeah. have lost their top scores outside of Bedard. Like Taylor Hall is out for the year. Athanasiu is hurt. Corey Perry just got his contract terminated. Like this is a team that is almost entirely made of teenagers and early 20 guys. Yeah. The fact the that they, team, man. they, they have like, I think what seven wins on the season or something along those lines, There's seven and 14, I think. After. Yeah. They continually play up to their opponents. I thought they did a good job of playing up to the Red Wings in this game. They even outshot the Red Wings in this game. But yeah. you're right. At no point in this game did I feel like I was concerned the Red Wings were going to lose this game. And that's a good right. feeling, especially coming off of a really frustrating loss the day before in New York. There was a little bit coming into the tonight, a little bit of that, that curiosity is like, could this end up being a trap game? And then as soon as the puck dropped, as soon as they got shorthanded and they scored that goal, that worry went away. And like right. you said, even though they tied it up immediately, like that, that was never a concern. I was like, it's only a matter of time. And it was. And that Fabry comes down the ice and <laughs> highlight real fashion, puts him up two to one. As, uh, was, as Mickey Redmond said, he left his equipment, a piece of equipment yeah. somewhere. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Not that, that, not to say that this was like a perfect game either. It was, it was a really good game by the Red Wings. Yeah. Again, you got outshot by the, the, the Blackhawks, which is one of the seller dwellers in the league. I mean, there's a cellar dweller, then there's a team that exists in the Earth's core, and that's the San Jose Sharks. Um, but the the Blackhawks are going to be vying for that number one overall pick again. They're going to be a lottery team, um, and they hung with you. And I think that has more to say about the, these kids on the Blackhawks than it does against the Red Wings, because, again, I never really felt threatened. Um, and I also think it has a lot to do with the type of system the Red Wings run. They're not a volume team. When it comes to shots, they're a quality team. They like to try and stifle you defensively in the defensive zone, and that's the lone system. And well, it, talking about identity, too, identity after well, Gosses Bear said it in the media availability coming back for Sweden that Larkin had the guys in the locker room and told them, like, we have to figure out what kind of team we want to become because they had been so inconsistent in that stretch. And since then, it feels like, Scotty, you can really see that identity forming in these five games since, even including, uh, a frustrating Rangers game. Like it feels like you're finally seeing this identity and that identity is a team that tries to keep high danger changes low, gives up a lot of shots, but quality of shots is low and then tries to score off the rush score on the power play. And it just, it's nice to finally see a direction on the ice and not just in the prospect pool. You know what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. And I, I think that the, uh, I say I say this a lot when I when I talk about all of these teams is like no good team has ever not had an identity, right? And like mm -hmm. that's a very important part of whether it's schematic or personality or you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like every good team ever has had an identity. And uh I I really appreciate again, like we've been taught they've won four of their last five now. Like that's obviously a really good stretch of hockey here after. Yeah, immediately after we were like, Hey, should we be worried? 
um, which is is just very fitting and on brand. But it's uh, it's one of the I think you said it perfectly there at the beginning. Like this is not a team. The Red Wings are not a team that are going to prevent a ton of shots when you look at like the shots on goal number at the end of the night. But they will try if everything's going to plan at least. They will mitigate the the quality shot attempts against and like that's a very very uh like they'll, they'll push you to the outside they'll let you you know get your opportunities where you're just trying to get a shot on net and, and just trying to like make something happen and Alex Lyon has been so good at preventing yes. rebounds and we'll talk about him more in a second but like we've highlighted this a few times the reason why he is working so well in this system right now is because he's not allowing rebounds and this team is is very much in again like the defense is in the mode of like we we're we're fine if you just you know flick the wrist and and, and try to throw up a shot on net because you're, you're not going to get a rebound and you're not going to get a quality chance and I think that that's kind of like the, the the goalie and the defense are both kind of playing into each other very very well. Yeah, absolutely. When, when you talk about Alex Lyon, and it's not just about preventing rebounds; it's about controlling rebounds. Like when right. you give up a rebound, right. that's a much better way to put it. Redirecting sure. it into a, a area that's not going to immediately give a scoring chance because that's that's a big part about goalie skill sets. That a lot of people who I mean, there's a, many people do understand this, but there's plenty who don't. Goalies are also trained to control where the rebound goes off their pads or off their paddle. And Alex Stein has done such a good job. If, if he doesn't think he's going to be able to corral this rebound yeah. to make sure he redirects it towards the boards or towards the corner, not immediately right back out into the slot for a secondary chance. He's been just such a rock in four games. And I mean, this is a guy that when we were going through our goalie troubles a couple weeks ago, I was like, and if you think Alex Lyon is going to be the solution, I got bad news. He's been, across his career, a third stringer. And it's very possible through four games, he's just riding a hot streak. But we saw what Alex Lyon in a hot streak can do last year with the Florida Panthers. He carried them to the playoffs, single-handedly almost. And so, he's through four games, he's making me eat my words. This is the back-to-back 30-plus save shutout. Or not shutout, sorry. 30-plus save performance for Alex Lyon with a 16-save shutout the game before he has been so rock solid for the Detroit Red Wings that if I'm Derek alone and in really who's credit in the two games since he's come back, he's been very good as well. Also back to back 30 plus save performances, I believe for him. Um, but if I'm Derek alone, like I'm building confidence again in my goalie tandem, something that I didn't have literally two weeks ago, two weeks ago, Scotty. And I do think that the goaltending across the season is probably still going to be the biggest problem because you know, Alex Lyon, I think he's going to be good. I don't think he's going to be 9.75 save percentage good for the rest of his career or the rest of his season when the league save percentage is, I don't know, uh, 9.04 or whatever Ken uh, Daniels said during the broadcast. Um, but I think that Alex Lyon can be your solid backup, if not your 1B candidate. And if he continues playing this well, he might push for that 1A. Like, he's just been so good in this four-game stretch that I'm excited to see what he can bring us across the rest of the season. Agreed. Uh, we got to take a quick break. And when we return, we got more players to talk about. Cause this is one of those games where we just, we give a lot of kudos out because a lot of great performances um, that have been building off of previously great performances across many other games. So we'll get into that in segment two. Stay tuned to lockdown Red Wings. Got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. 
That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scott, we've got a slew of other players we want to talk about. Uh, you can see them here on our show sheet, on today's show show sheet Absolutely. on YouTube. Uh, primarily, Clean Costin, uh, JT Comfer, and Robbie Fabry are the ones that stand out most, but we can go down the list, honestly, once we get closer to the end. Scotty, who do you want to lead off with of these characters? The dog. <laughs> got it. So you want to talk Jeff Petrie? <laughs> Clean Costin is my hero. I, I I might order the jersey. It might be over. Uh, I you're such a you're such a sap. I, I, I am. I I really am. I my my type is just so predictable. But he is incredible. He's the love of my life, and I just appreciate everything about him. He's uh, he he's been absolutely fantastic in his role over the last couple of games. Um, I was upset they tossed him, but like he came, yeah. he was only a 10 minute misconduct. He came back in the third, I believe. I'm pretty sure I saw him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. I, uh, off rip, I thought they were going to toss him. Yeah. I mean, he's 10 minutes, great, man. Yeah. He's been, he's great. Listen, and we talk a lot. He about, smells blood and he just, we talk a lot about what this team needed in the off season. And obviously we, and we'll keep saying it. The one thing this team needed was goal scoring. And Steve Eisman has yeah. done a wonderful job addressing that. Speaking of which, the bring has got to find the back of the net here soon. The guy fires like 20 shots every single game. Yeah. I swear to God, he's just he cannot find the back of the net. It's he, he, incredible. He's just firing the puck. He had six shots in this game. But anyways, we're talking about Clem Costin. Um, Clem Costin, one of the biggest things this team needed was an edge. And I thought the Red Wings had made an effort to address it the season prior with signings like Ben Sherratt. Uh, You had Tyler Bertuzzi on this team. You had Giovanni Smith on this team, who, by the way, took a nasty boarding call, I think, against Marchand in the Bruins Sharks game earlier that day. Yeah. Um, that is but, forever the dog. I got that jersey in the rafters, all right, <laughs> in, in my closet. All right, for real. When the Red Wings acquired Clem Costin at the draft, I was underwhelmed. I didn't know anything about the guy. I knew who Kyler La Yamamoto was, Red Wings legend. Um, and I thought he was just a throw-in. It turns out Yamamoto was a throw-in and that Costin was the guy that the Red Wings had wanted because he's huge, he's physical, and you know what's also nice? Having a guy who's gritty, who's also not completely useless on the ice. He's not a traffic cone out there, man. He's got pretty <laughs> nice hands. He's, he's, got uh, he's nice. He's got nice hands. He's got a good shot. Like when he's out there with the fourth line, like that fourth line right now uh, with Costin and what are not, he is Costin Fisher. And I think what Rasmussen, no Sprong, right. sorry, Sprong. Yeah. Is the fourth well, line Rass as well. I mean, we've gotten the, the blood so much Rass as well too. Yeah. Like that fourth line is actually really fun to watch. They're a fourth line that will consistently out hustle, whatever line they're matched up against. Yeah. You know, they're not getting like the super dangerous scoring chances, but they're not giving up a ton defensively. Like they are tough to play against. They're fun to watch. And Costin's a big part of that because he's a big physical presence. Who's not afraid to stand up for his teammates. And the soft hands are a nice touch yeah. as well. So it's it's one of those things. Like he is so such a player. He was a he is a player that this team needed so badly last season. And 
last yesterday's game against the Rangers completely warranted reaction on his part. Like Goss mm-hmm. Bear got creamed from behind. Yeah. Like that was an illegal hit. This game, that was a clean hit on Andrew Cop, but he got yeah, rocked. It was, it it was, was a, clean a clean hit, hit and yeah. I don't care. But that's exactly <laughs> what I said. Because regardless, and I part of me doesn't like that the NHL has kind of headed in the direction of like every big hit, regardless of clean or dirty, needs a uh response. But it is the direction the NHL is heading. And if that is the direction, you need a guy like Costin to stand up yeah. to your teammates. Because th- last year, this team got bullied so much because we didn't have a guy like Costin. And to Sider's credit, he will stand up. But Sider's also far too talented to be sitting in the box yeah. for well, what, 18 <clears throat> minutes a night like he did the other night. Yeah, it's also just about like stifling momentum, man. Like yeah. we, how many times have we watched hockey and, you know, a couple of big hits and there you go. Like the barn is buzzing. You're on the road like and, and you know, this and, and obviously the wings were home tonight. But like. That it's uh it's yeah it's something that this team really really has lacked the last couple of years. I'm uh, last year specifically. I'm really glad that uh, he's a Red Wing, and uh, I think he's he's already very quickly becoming a fan favorite here. He's got the intangibles, as they would put it. Uh, he's just he's been really. It's really reassuring to see him on the ice when somebody gets rocked because you know he's going to make teams think twice. Yeah about even when he's not on the ice yeah. i feel he's a, i feel like he's a guy that you know two shifts later i'll meet you outside you know what i'm saying <laughs> it, it really makes it tough he's, on got, a, he's got a long memory because pretty soon here when patrick kane's healthy to start playing hockey with the detroit red wings he's gonna make some tough decisions on who's who to scratch and i know clean is gonna typically be your your option because he doesn't bring he well he again he isn't a traffic cone he's he's a good fourth line winger um he also does actually probably bring the least offensively and it's i think it's gonna be a rotation of four to get that scratch and because it's gonna be tough and that's a good problem to have absolutely great great problem problem to have have. that means you have a deep team um anyways ton of other players to get to that's my that's our for for president of the united states they don't call them 1-800 goals now for they don't call everybody calls them that and they don't call them that for nothing all right that's that's the most common nickname in sports everybody calls them that I think that what he so 22 games played now for JT Comfort that gives him 19 points on the season. That's six goals, oh, 13 assists. Um, it's really funny that is his nickname and because he's more of a playmaker, anyways. But I guess he could Man. dish the goals now as well. Doesn't necessarily no, that was bad. Let's move on. Uh, he's really good though, he's really yeah. good at his job. And uh, I, I, you know, we, we t- we've talked about it now a few games in a row because he continues to stand out. Uh, but he is. So sound defensively, he is such a good passer, and now he's finding the back of the net, and it's just a perfect storm, and he is in absolute fuego. I really, really thought he was going to get a hat trick in this game, and it would have been perfect if he scored at five on five, yeah. uh, because he would have had a goal on the power play, shorthanded, and at five on five for the Hattie. Right. I mean, just and it was a great look by Andrew Cop too. He had an awful yeah. game against the Rangers. He had a much better game in this one as well. Great look by Cop to just float it over the defender stick to JG Comfort, who then just floated it above Marazic's shoulder into the back of the net. And then on the power play, you know, it's it's just nice having a guy who can do both. I mean, this is a yeah. guy who you can put, and obviously he's playing on the power play first unit because Larkin's out. And by the way, adding to the list of reasons why we love JT Comfort, and besides just the point totals, the fact that he has slid into the one C role 
and looked comfortable, even good at times, is crazy to me. That top line tonight, even yesterday against the Rangers, or two days ago by the time people are listening to this, Comfort, Raymond, and Debrinkit, we're we're producing opportunities. And even more so, obviously, against a a lesser team like the Blackhawks, they looked really good out there. JT Comfort is proving worth every single cent that you're paying him. And he can do it at five on five. He can do it on the power play. He can do it on the penalty kill. Like, just... He has been just worth his weight in gold. So good. Absolutely. Uh, and like they they showed the graphic tonight. I know you've referenced it a couple of times. He has like objectively been one of the best free agent signings of the, the in class. the entire NHL. Yeah. And he was a guy that when the signing first happened, everyone, this fan base included, this show included, was like, <laughs> it's kind of a lot of money. And uh, he's been uh, he's been worth every penny so far. And I mean, we were really cautious about it because he, we just signed a 2C a, a the year before in Andrew Kopp and had a lackluster year. Granted, we gave him a mulligan on the first year because of the core surgery, but we were cautious because we didn't want to do that again. We didn't want to get burned. And he's come in for the Red Wings and just been what you would better, honestly, better than what we were hoping. Yeah. He's been great. I, I mean, you. It feels definitively like the Red Wings have found their two C for the foreseeable future until until Nate Danielson and or Marco Casper prove that they earned that spot over him. Sure, but for the time being, he is your two C, and it, it's it's great. He's just so good. Um. Anyways, right. we have to take another break. But Scotty, when we return, we'll talk about Robbie Fabry, uh, and then we'll talk about the game against Montreal Canadiens that's Saturday at seven o'clock. So stay tuned to segment three of Lockdown Red Wings. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities, and who knows? Maybe JT Comfer breaks his personal best and scores 60 points with the Detroit Red Wings, averaging close to point per game. Nothing's impossible, just like your Red Wings could be hosting the Stanley Cup if things keep going this way. Uh, And you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is the number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Quinn Hughes, Luke Hughes, Jack Hughes. Is is that all the three? That's all three brothers, right? I got them all. Well, there is another one, but he's not a brother. Yes. (laughs) Okay. 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 Uh, Kale McCarr. Just any of them will will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win a 100-time bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight-player stats. You heard me, Red Wings fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So you start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code Lockdown NHL and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code Locked On NHL. See Sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. Segment three, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty, would you say that that game by Robbie Fabry was appropriate? <laughs> I think if there was one word. I had to pin down to describe it. I think it would be appropriate. <laughs> he was great in this game, man. Absolutely. Fantastic. He, what is that? Excuse me. Jeez, that's two episodes in a row. I've choked on air. Um, <laughs> geez. Uh, how many goals is that now? Is that seven? nine, seven and 10? Seven, seven and 10. 10? Yep. I think he yep. was, yeah, I think it was five and nine last night. And obviously two tonight. 
unbelievable man and like he he has such fantastic hands like he he has such soft hands it's so impressive watching him go out there i'm just i'm so excited for him i'm so happy for him i i continue to wish him you know a, a clean bill of health just so that we can truly see you know like what he can do here over over a full season um and and yeah this this run this season in general has been fantastic uh Ansar Khan tweeting this 37 minutes ago, but I'm just seeing it now as we're recording because I try not to look at my phone and pay attention to you. Um Thanks, Derek man. Lalone said he expects Larkin back in the lineup Saturday against Montreal. Great. So great, great sign. Um, I wonder what that means for because he was on the active non-roster, which meant Kane could be activated. So somebody's gonna have to be oh well, Berggren, duh. Yeah, Berger, right? Yeah, that sucks for Berger. I really want to see more out of him. Uh, he had an assist in the game against the Rangers. Nice little assist for Robbie Fabry's goal against the Rangers, who, again, like you were saying, has been great since he's come back from injury. Uh, and that's exactly it, right? And we talked about it in yesterday's game. Not We touched on it. Yesterday's game was such a mixed bag. There was so much to break down. We could only really touch on every given topic. But Robbie Fabry, when he's healthy, is, a, I, dare I say, a game changer. Like, he is he just... He has been this year. <laughs> so whenever he's healthy, he just finds the puck in the back of the net. And I griped about, you know, his lack of defensive responsibility, but that kind of comes with the territory of any guy who's a goal scorer. I mean, to has been well known for it. Patrick Kane throughout his career has been known for his defensive liability, but when you're a goal scorer and you outscore any potential liability you may have, I mean, who really cares at that point? So, and I mean, I do care. I do care, but like it's, there's a scale, right? Um, And Robbie Fabry is right now producing at such a clip that he has been invaluable to the Red Wings middle six Uh, two goals tonight. One of which was a highlight reel goal. And Prashanth Iyer said, he's like, I don't know the last time I saw a Red Wings score highlight reel goal like that. That was nasty. Yeah. Nasty, nasty, nasty. Honest to God. Like I'm trying to think. I mean, Dylan Larkin's had a couple where he's just like streaked on the ice, gotten past a defender and buried it. But when it comes to nasty move around a defender and then a nasty move on a goaltender, Thomas Tatar going end to end, Gustav Nyquist circling around the defensive or offensive zone in overtime. Like when was the last time we saw a goal like that? And then of course, lucky bounce came right to him and he buried it on the power play. It's just when he is healthy, he brings such a scoring punch to that middle six, and it's it's needed on this team. I mean, you just look at the offensive depth that this team has right now. Like, I was thinking about this. Patrick Kane, once he's healthy, and if he's healthy, right? Like, that's still a big question mark, although my confidence is building it with every consecutive interview. I'm starting to drink the Kool-Aid on the Patrick Kane health. Um, the power play, man, has so much dangerous potential, right? And the power play can – well, I do think that power play struggled – Again, at like zone entries and whatnot, they did go two for four in this game. You think about the, the lethality that this power play has. I mean, the what le- not lethality? Lethality. Nice. Yeah. Thanks. I think that lethality, was lethality, baby. What an appropriate word a- choice, yeah, Brian. Appropriate adjective. Uh, every once in a while, man, there's there's stu- there's stuff rattling up in here. Don't <laughs> you don't said that? It. I went. Did, did we just drop a lethality? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Dylan Larkin, Alex Debrinkit, Lucas Raymond, David Perron on the power plays is, is a sniper. Robbie Fabry yeah. can slide in on there. And on the defense side, you got Gossespierre, Cider, uh, Woolman. Like there's 
And then, of course, adding Patrick Kane to the mix is only going to make it better. How strong even. Like, there's just, you could yeah. legitimately, I, I said it as like a bold take at the start of the season, having a top 10 power play. But if this power play continues to just add scores, it actually might not be a bold take. Yeah. They went yeah, cold I mean, for I, a while, but they're finding the back of the net now. Right. I certainly hope so. Uh, I, I certainly hope so, man. Yeah, I. Uh, this has been a really fun and, and and good, solid stretch of hockey these last five games. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to complain about four wins in five games. Just absolutely, they're, they're twelve, seven, and three. I think they're technically in fourth in the Atlantic Division uh, because of the tiebreaker with the Toronto Maple Leafs, who currently hold on to third. Uh, that's another thing. Both Florida and Tampa did win tonight, so. Yeah. You're chasing them. You kept pace. Luckily, Toronto or Tampa, who's right beneath you, lost. So you gained two points on them, as well as I think Buffalo ended up losing. I don't know for sure. Of course, Boston won against the San Jose Sharks, but we're not really worrying about Buffalo's chasing Buffalo's losing in the third as we record this. As we record. Okay. So, But Buffalo's down there right now uh, in sixth place, I believe, tied for six with the Montreal Canadiens. What a transition. You're really on a roll today, bud. We're, we're, we're cruising. This is peak Brian right now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Anyways, Your wife is so lucky. <laughs> she is. She really is. She is. <laughs> you want to talk about the Habs or you want to talk about <laughs> you being at your peak performance right now? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the Habs. The All vibes right, are high it. tonight, guys. The vibes are high. Let's do it. Um, yeah, man. I mean, this is uh, obviously this is not like. I feel like there was a a conception, a uh, um, I mean, maybe it's fair to call it a misconception at this point in the season that the Habs were going to be like a cellar dweller. Yeah, like one of the bottom bottom teams in the NHL. Um, and while they certainly are not going to make the playoffs, and they'll probably water will find its level, and they'll probably end up being seventh and or still very real chance of eighth in uh, in this division. Um, they, there's some talent on that team. There's some young talent on that team. We've been talking about this for like seven, eight months, to be honest, how like the Habs, you know, take advantage of the wins against the Habs now, like this season and, and may probably next season still as well, because there's going to be a point where they're looking eye to eye with you. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, this is a team and you know, there may have been a misconception. I think we both said they would finish eighth, but we also said, that this isn't a team you should look past either. And I, I maintain that into this game. You lost in overtime. The, you, the Red Wings lost in overtime. The first time these two teams faced off, they play, they're like, they're like a more talented Blackhawks. And I don't mean that as a slight, like they're a team that plays up to its con competition. And Marty St. Louis has been fantastic yeah. as their head coach. He's been great at making sure he gets the most out of these kids every single night. Nick Suzuki is 18 points in 22. Cole I Caulfield. love watching him play hockey, man. Yeah. Genuinely. And, uh, He's such a player that was slept on on every yeah. team he's been with. And he I, is, I, I it, seriously, he he's one of my he's easily in my top five or ten, like just like favorite players to watch in the league. Yeah, Cole Caulfield also eighteen for twenty two. He's like finally not I shouldn't say finally. He found his stride last year. No, for sure. Um, but he's becoming. Yeah, the player you remember the draft night, the Caulfield draft night yeah. drama that that was a that was a draft night. Let me tell you. Remember when he got sent down to the, the AHL squad because he wasn't performing and like Boy, the AHL I. team like chirped him and then he turned it on, came back to the Canadians, was like their best player. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mike Matheson, 17 to 22. So they, they got they got guys who were flirting with a point per game. Like this isn't a team yeah. that you can just 
think you're going to roll into on Saturday. This uh, this very much reminds me of that uh, that not like same timeline or anything, but just in in terms of um, like how you beat them. It's very similar to the remember the era of the Red Wings where it was like Larkin, Mantha, and Burt were like producing, but if they didn't produce, the Wings got shut out. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of what this room. Like they have yeah. guys that can produce. They just don't have the depth, like at all yet. It's like top line. That's right. It. If you if you shut down the, the the talent at the top, you'll shut down the team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I'm trying to look up real quick because I didn't have it ready because I'm I'm a dummy. Their power play. So their power play ranks 23rd in the league right now, uh, 16.7%, while their penalty kill is ranked. Where are you at, buddy? Uh, 27th. So their special teams is not like that great where you're the Red Wings as the Red Wings, your penalty kill is middle of the pack and your power play is, is it's, I mean, after tonight, it might be back in the top 10. In fact, it is. It's eighth before tonight's game is qualified. So like, is a team you shut down their top line, you take advantage of their special teams, and you should be able to win this game comfortably. But as they've, as the Canadians have already proven once this season, it's not a guarantee. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this uh, really quickly 27th in goals for a game, 27th in goals against a game, 28th in goal differential a game, 23rd in the power play, 27th in the PK, uh, 15th in save percentage. Uh, that's even though it's eight nine eight fifteen, and that is a big part of what's carrying their performance right now. For sure, the wings up to eleventh, by the way, in save percentage, uh, and fifth in the faceoff circle. By the way, the Habs fifth. Well, and the Red Wings, I believe, struggle in the faceoff circle. They're twenty first. The yes, um, but against not to rewind too much, they were dominant in the faceoff circle against the uh, yeah. Chicago Blackhawks, they sure and they had blocked fifteen shots. Another cap or feather in the cap of the way they play defense for sure for sure. back to montreal sorry just wanted no that that's pretty much all i had uh this is a game that uh again you should win not as as much of a of a gimme as the the blackhawks but i i don't care who the opponent is i don't care if they're the worst team in the nhl or or you know the boston bruins you you got to show up in uh interdivision games man this is uh this is uh one you got to have for sure yeah, and I mean, when it comes to shot attempts, they're sick. They give up the sixth most shot attempts in the league, uh, while only taking. They are the twentieth in the league in shot attempts four. So even when you factor in the pucks that don't make the net, they're not very highly ranked. Yeah. Um, what's carrying them is absolutely the that top line and their goaltending, which has been very good. Montembeau has a nine eleven save percentage this season which is 9-10 save percentage, which is fantastic uh, this year. Jake Allen, their backup, nine games. They're, they're carrying a tandem of three, by the way, just like the Red Wings, because they also don't want to give a goalie to Tampa Bay, who actually that shouldn't be an issue anymore. Vasilevsky's back. So I wonder if this is just like a new trend in the NHL. I don't know. Um, but Jake Allen has a 9-0-3 save percentage. Caden Primo, Primo has an 8-8-6 save percentage. Correct me if I'm wrong. Do we see Primo in that first game between the two teams? I do not remember. I don't remember what I ate for breakfast this morning. I actually have that game right here. I can double check. I'm pretty sure we saw Caden Primo. I believe you. Yes, we did. And he made 27 of 29 saves against the Red Wings. So, right. That tracks. 
But like, and again, we're not trying to make it seem like the Canadians are like secretly a Stanley Cup contender. They're six, five, and two. They're six in the Atlantic Division, yeah, but they're I just, just trying to say they're still yeah. bottom five to seven in most stats. Yeah. But they're, like I said, they're a more talented Chicago Blackhawks in that they play up to their competition and they have some talent on that team to take, steal some of those games. So don't let them steal a second game from you this season, especially as it's a divisional game. So a lot added importance. Agreed. All right. Any final thoughts? Um, I, I just want to give credit to, to like everything surrounding the game tonight. Uh, as well like the stand up to cancer uh just uh, i don't want even want to call it event is not the right word but uh, that was like the promo for the game tonight and i just thought everything went so well right yeah the the hat there um i thought bally did a great job i thought the detroit Red Wings did a great job um the the puck drop was like awesome that's that's a tearjerker right there that kid rocks it, it, everything was just uh awesome and so um Obviously, great win, great you know, great night on the ice. But uh, it was—I just thought everything, everything involved in that was was awesome too. And seeing that throughout the night is just a great thing that a lot of teams in the NHL do. So. Yeah, I mean, we we give we give the NHL a lot of crap for some of the things they do or yeah. say or don't do. Um, but hockey fights cancer is one of the things that they get right. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, cancer. I, I cancer sucks. It it's yeah. brutal. I think everyone has at least knows somebody. I I know I know somebody. I've known a couple of people who have gone through the battles uh, with cancer, some successfully and unfortunately, some not successfully, and uh, it, it blows. So hockey Vikes cancer night. It deserves all the f- saying fanfare sounds weird, but all the support. And all the pregame and all the just drumming up at all the awareness as much as possible um, because it is an illness that blows. It is. It just sucks. It, yeah. It, yeah. I, I, I just I thought everyone did a great job in, in seeing uh, man. Yeah. Seeing the kids out there. That's. It was good. It was it was a good good event. Good night. Everything everything positive all around. Uh, they got some good interviews and everything. It was. I just thought everyone involved handled it really really well. So yeah. All right. Um. Great game. Great game. Great, great event. Night. Great vibes. Good See vibes, Monday, baby. We See ball. Monday. We ball. Right. Correct. Same time. Same place. It's your team. Every day. Every day. Thank God, Scotty didn't get a chance to talk about my Spotify rap this time. Monday, baby. <laughs>